The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Boils and ghouls, as the Brady Peters Spook Show continues its carousel of horror through the first season of Tales from the Crypt. Joining me today for the tale, Dig That Cat, dot dot dot, he's real gone. From Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we live entertainment variety and why so blue, it's Aaron Newworth. <laughs> Thank you for having me here to talk all about Tales from the Crypt. I'm all happy about- to be back. Tales from the Crypt. Yes. <laughs> We are here. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining and being a part of this. It's been a bit since you've been on. I mean, it's it's weird because we podcast and talk all the <laughs> talk time. So yeah. it, it, it was always like, oh, shit, he really hasn't been on an episode proper since Shin Godzilla. Although you're part of the videos. Whenever there's like a group video thing, you're part of videos. You're part of, yeah, so And there's the commentaries. And yeah, so people know who you are. You've got your own side fan base on okay, the Peter Show. Yeah. Let me catch my breath on that one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> People listen to the show know who you are. And then, you know, I I bump I prop up the out now with Aaron and Abe, which on the episode prior to this Tales from the Crypt one, I told people to go over there and listen to things over there. So no problem. But um Tales from the Crypt, everybody's familiar with this in some degree, especially in our generational area. But what was your personal curiosity experience with tales from crypt you're a little younger than me so it may not have been as no it's i mean for for me i seem to certainly i mean i knew tales from the crypt because i've seen it but like Mm -hmm. i seem to exist in an area where the crypt keeper was already popular like beyond if you've seen the show or not it seems like that was an that was a point in time where kids knew who the crypt keeper was regardless just because it became its own thing like even before like the the you know Demon Knight or Bordello of Blood, it just seemed like that was part of pop culture. Maybe not on the level of like, I don't know, Scooby-Doo or something that's more you know reasonable for kids to understand. Right. But it just seems like that was like, if you laid out a bunch of like, iconic figures of the time that people just happened to recognize, the Crypt Keeper somehow like entered that culture beyond you know, beyond just like, if you know the show, you know who this is. So like, I, I've certainly been aware of the Crypt Keeper, both from just knowing the show and just because it seems like cultural osmosis allowed me to know who the Crypt Keeper was. And he had a Saturday um, morning cartoon, too. So there's that. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm sure that <laughs> I, I don't know how long that lasted, but I, I imagine it didn't hurt. Yeah. As far as my connection with the show, my mom loved Tales from the Crypt. She was, she, I mean, she was big on genre and horror and everything. So mm-hmm. she, you know, she, she loved Twilight Zone. She loved the Outer Limits. And so Tales from the Crypt came along. She loved that, too. She loved the Crypt Keeper. She did a great Creeper, Creeper. Creep, crypt keeper laugh. Um, she's like far better than whatever I just offered up. And I assume every and I assume every guest that's on this is required to do. That was in the contract that we all signed for Random Peters Crypt Keeper Week. Uh, so just to let the listeners know uh, behind the scenes, uh, we all have to do Crypt Keeper laugh or else he doesn't have a song anymore. Uh, but um, but, but uh, my 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 mom was a huge fan of it. So by that naturally, when I when it was available and she'd be watching it. 
I would have the opportunity to watch it as well. So I like I have a scattered memory of some of the episodes. Like when did the show start? Eighty nine, right? Eighty nine. So, yep. Yeah. June so of, like June of eighty nine. So granted, I was three, but you know it would play in reruns and you know syndication mm-hmm. or what have you. So like over time, I would I eventually saw you know more. I can't say I've seen all the Tales from the Crypt episodes, but it's more or less a lot of scattered images and scattered yeah. memories of certain episodes. I know there's one involving like a brain surgery. There's probably a few involving a brain surgery, but there's one, there's one particular I can think of where there's a joke, the guy dies or so. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's too vague and too far along ago for me to know exactly what it is. But if I had the time, I would certainly have watched this whole first season of Tales, all of them. Tales, mm-hmm. There's not that much of it. I would have watched all of it because it is really, it, I like it. I dig, you know, I dig anthology horror. So the idea of a weekly series hosted by the Crypt Keeper, though, that's like, why would I not want to like delve into this further? So ideally, you've inspired me to go back and actually finish the rest of the season because I certainly had a lot of fun with this. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks that access just isn't there for it. You'd think it'd have been on HBO Max, but yeah, it's not right? there. And I, I was speaking with Katie Rife. She said, you know, with all the talent involved in this, it might be an issue with when it comes to streaming and how you're going to foster that but i mean it's been on dvd it's never been on blu-ray but something something's up with it but i don't know it's kind of yeah it seems like an easy like shout factory acquisition for the tv thing whatever but whatever it is what it is i I mean they got they got bordello of blood and didn't even night i mean it seems like a (laughs) no-brainer right dennis miller got his little check there you go yeah cha-cha you just can bounce right in bounce right out of there no (laughs) interviews Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have the DVD. Cl- I caught a, you know, those glitches that happen when you can get like something expensive for like 10 bucks. I got the complete series on DVD for 12 bucks. And I was like, mm-hmm. is it going to ship? Is it going to be real? Is it going to be DVDRs? No, it was, it was a real deal. So I lucked out on that. Uh, one time, but like commentaries or anything, or there's some bonus, there's some featurettes. There's no, I don't think there's any commentaries, right. but there's there's some featurettes. Uh, Bobby Z didn't chime in on his episode. No, no, there's Crypt Keeper intros made for the DVD that are on there. Oh, that's nice. Them, so I could I could dig that. So he should come back, guys. Like we should we we well, should make a of all of the petitions that need to happen that obviously always lead to exactly what you want. Uh, uh, we should definitely make one that bring the Crypt Keeper back. Like it's right. just not even necessarily tales of the crypt. Just, just like the crypt keeper. Just the crypt keeper. He could host random shows. He, he could host like he could like sell like voice. Bud like, Light. Like, what, like, what, he could sell Bud Light or something. He could be one of those ad people. Oh, I'm thinking bigger. No, like every October, whenever they have like the voice or idol or any of those yeah. shows, they should replace Nick Cannon or whoever the fuck with the crypt keeper for a month. Have, there we go. Have him, just have him hosting these shows. What do you think, Christina Aguilera? <laughs> like, I just want to see this happen. Welcome to the voice. <laughs> American uh, American Ninja Warrior, where he, like, reads a bunch of texts about this inspiring story about some, like, person that, like, lost a leg in the war, but also somehow found their courage to do American Ninja Warrior. The Crypt Keeper should be in charge of all of them. Tonight on The Bachelor. <laughs> exactly. Give, give, give a pile of roses to someone. <laughs> <Right>. They're wilted. <laughs> A rose between two thorns. Yeah, he'd make those yeah, good puns. Let's bring back the Crypt Keeper. He should host a number of game shows. The Mar- you know, any uh, the Mass Singer, whatever. Just put, just put him on. There you go. I agree for sure. For I can. Sure. I, I know right now. By the way, that listeners are just they're just nodding. There, it's like yes. He's right. like Crypt Keeper should come. This is this guy speaking truth right here. We let should me, have the Crypt Keeper everywhere. Let me pull up change.org and I will <laughs> yeah. Get Link that going. it to like. 
link it to like human trafficking. Like, yeah, we should have the Crypt Keeper back. Also, we should do something about human trafficking. But really, right. in addition to that, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. That's where we're going here. That's right. That crossover, that crossover appeal. Yes. <laughs> human trafficking, Crypt Keeper. Red light, green light. All right. So I brought you on. We're going to do Dig That Cat. Dot, dot, dot. He's real gone. <laughs> Uh, it's directed by Richard Donner, written by Terry Black, starring Joe Pantoliano, Robert Wool, Gustav Vintas, and Kathleen York, and is about a bum who displays his ability to re- resurrect himself. Uh, this is I always I like seeing where these people because Tales from the Crypt, big names behind the camera, big names in front of the camera. I'm like, where were they at at this time? They took a break to go shoot this little horror anthology thing. And Donner was coming off a of lethal weapon two and Scrooged at the time. And he had like another year or two after yeah. this where he wasn't really doing anything. Uh, Joy pants had just done midnight run. Terry black. He's a writer, but he uh, not really a lot to him. He did five episodes of tales from the crypt. And of course this is Robert Wool's edition for Arliss coming soon to HBO this time. This is a banner year for Robert Wool. He has tales mm-hmm. from the crypt and Batman. Batman. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Joe Pants, I mean, Joe Pants worked with Donner on The Goonies, so yep. he's already in the Donner camp. Joe Pants, this is 80s Joe Pants, so that means he has hair. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> whether or not it's real, that's beyond the point. The fact is he just has a, you know, a head of hair. No, you guys, this is the all-star lineup. I was very happy to see not only was it a Dick Donner episode, but he like he got some real cool people here, uh, including Robert Wool, just doing doing his thing. Right, right, yeah, and I mean Donner even shows up in here. Him and Laura Shuler yeah, Donner have a Laura cameo. Right, yeah. I, I remember I was I, while I was watching. I was like, oh, it, there he is, Richard yeah, Donner. There he is, <laughs> right in the beginning, right in there. Yeah, this was very. Um, it's got a circus carny carny vibe to it. It had a visually interesting perspective right off the bat that didn't feel like a Richard Donner thing like at all. Like it was a uh, first person, like really weird lens in your face, like almost like a nightmare. It didn't feel like a nightmare, but like a nightmare sequence of just like feeling off, off and whatnot. It was really in the Donner wheelhouse. It felt very left field for him, kind of. I agree. I I, I do think there's Donner has a pretty workmanlike approach to things, as that's his style. He's you know he's a journeyman director. He was yeah. a journeyman director, R.I.P. Uh, but so seeing him delve into tells from the crypt, it did seem like there was a little bit of effort being put into. Well, if I'm going to go into this kind of surreal world, I'm going to go for it, and he does for mm-hmm. you know a half hour television episode. And I think in general, the carny atmosphere—I don't know if carny is horrible slang—the carnival atmosphere. <laughs> um, I do think that lends itself to using things like fisheye lenses or right. just like stuff that kind of sets you off, puts you off kilter, just because of the, it, it's kind of a, a natural place for that when it comes to carnival people, fortune tellers clowns that you can't trust like you know connie carn carnival people like that you know that that atmosphere i think tends to work really well as far as setting up a certain place without having to say too much about it like yeah it's a carnival things weird that happen there Mm -hmm. when you have people talking to the camera too and reacting at the camera so and you're not really and i thought this is going to be how we introduce our character but you're not you're just random audience person or something because you're not joey pants's perspective there and it was a it's kind of it's kind of unset it's unsettling weird and gets you in this interesting vibe and then it like then it calms down and he's because he's getting lowered in the coffin but 
um, yeah, just a stylistically, definitely not your typical Donner stuff. And it's cool to see, like, he's like, well, I got this avenue. I can screw around here and we can try some new things, which he never really goes back to or takes with him to any other thing that I can think of. But yeah, not, not really like it. I mean, cause it's mostly his action, like maybe conspiracy theories, maybe the closest he probably gets just because that one's trying to kind of keep mm-hmm. you on your toes. Cause like, yeah, the lad, the previous episode is Zemeckis and he, that was his first dabbling in horror and he would touch on it again with like, he'd do death becomes her. He'd do what lies beneath, he'd, you know, have horror in, in his wheelhouse, but that was his first real. Uh, uh, what, what's his face? Uh, uh, Welcome to Marwan, the Christmas scariest movie of them all. Yes. <laughs> right. For sure. But this is kind of a, this story, it's about a guy. He, he's a homeless guy. Joey pants, a homeless guy. This, scientist guy comes in and offers him this surgery where he does some gland work with a cat and him and he gets the cat's well, lives he's, in, he's introduced first where it's like he's top of the world it's like look at joey Penn. right right he's got a fancy suit he's gonna he's gonna do his magic trick whatever the hell it is he's gonna get lord and cop he's gonna watch joey Penn die and he's really confident about it. he's gonna come back like he's the top of the world that's the kind of impression you start off with which is like, it's like okay. you're probably wondering how i got here exactly well, that that type of thing but yeah the, the all, just, my, all my life i wanted to be a carny right yeah the yeah the gist of the story is that, yeah he gets his you know has some brain stuff with a cat gets its nine lives becomes a circus act that kills himself and resurrects and that's he makes a lot of money um but like it's ultimately almost like a mad scientist and his monster kind of story. Oh yeah. But the monster's got very good communicative communicative skills and overtakes the master, but definitely this falls into it. Like oddly, it took me a second. I was like, it was, it wasn't until after I'd watched it, I was sitting on it for like a day. I was like, oh, it was a mad scientist story. Like it didn't really hit me, but I was like, yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, Cause he's not like a Frankenstein monster. He's just no. like a guy, but yeah, it, it does traffic in the mad scientist territory and i like the, the i mean it's not like i'm looking to these for the science whatsoever but it is funny it's like i have an idea where if i put a gland from a cat in you as we all know as is apparently medically proven cats have nine lives they have nine lives yep so we can extend your life by nine because guess what we put a gland in you and we just that's just how it works <laughs> Right, right. Well, the interesting thing is, I, I think going from all these, because I've seen them all now, um, going through this, when especially the first season, these are definitely, it's like a different time, definitely making TV and stuff. And these are meant to be like, they're adapted from comic books, one, and two, they're just like quick hits. You watch it, you get the what the gist of what they're trying to get across and then you go home you don't think about it they don't you don't podcast about it 30 years later and dissect (laughs) you you, whatever red shoe diaries taxi cab confessions comes after it you're done like there's a lot of red Red shoes cast is off the chain you gotta you gotta get the company yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but like they get the the firm details there they they, the the show only has like 28 minutes and they I think a lot of times too with now, like we get so detail driven and stuff that these tight little things, it's just like, that's not important. This, we can do this surgery. Cats have nine lives. It's true. Just go with it. And that's what you got to do. <laughs> it's such a fun thing to accept. Cats yeah. have nine lives. Like, sure. That's not, that's not just an expression. That's a cats legitimately have, have nine, nine lives. <laughs> we have found it out. We have, we have done this. I killed a lot of cats, so let me tell you. They kept coming back. Kept coming back. Then I killed it the ninth time. He's still not back yet. I haven't buried him, but I don't think it's going to happen. 
I've attached a lot of wires to it to be to make sure I'm monitoring it all times. Yeah, it smells it, terrible in my place. But also, part of Tales of the Crypt is dark comedy, so that fits For into sure. the comedic aspect. Oh, of, yeah. oh, of course, cats have nine lives. It's a very like you know, this is like post reanimator. It's very like right. Stuart Gordon level. Yeah, yeah, humor, definitely. Right yeah. Without all the without the super amounts of gore, yeah, he has many different deaths. Like he first when he first wakes up, he gets shot to prove it. And yeah, I wrote, I wrote them all down. Yeah, gets shot, shot <laughs> drowns. Right. Yeah, shot drowns. Hanging. There's a car crash. Hanging, car crash. Shot. Electrocuted. Arrow. Stabbed. Arrow in the heart. Knife in the back. Yeah, and it's buried. And that's varying degrees of disturbing nature and stuff like that. I, I wondered. So he go, yeah. He'll he'll become this carnival act where he people watch him die and come back. And there's one, there's two of them where like they offer an audience member to kill him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, whoo, that's a bit. Would you be like, yeah, I'll, I'll murder this guy? Like the gleefulness of the audience to like the people that participate. come up. First is, first is like a guy that's like I guess blind. And yeah. He's like, and he gets to take off his glasses, and that doesn't work. Then you have like a hunter and his son, <laughs> right? And he pays a thousand dollars to do it. <laughs> uh, and then, like, I, <laughs> such a, we should we need to back up though. We need okay. to back up to this. Well, I'm not going in any order. I'm just hitting, hitting, but hitting. Fair enough. It's just the, so the idea is he's done the successful surgery, where it's like, okay, we did it. You have the cat gland in the back of your head now. <laughs> you you have extended your life, sir. <laughs> Praise to me, Dr. Emil Manfred. I, I've done it. I'm a genius. What can we do now to, to, to this miracle of science? What's the best way that we could secure more funding? We could take it into research and like, let them look at this and examine it. Or <laughs> you could go to the local carnival and right. convince a carnival master to give us a show that we could do where we could presumably make a bunch of money because everyone would just be dying to see you die like it's such a it's such a fun job all the money's in the carnival all the money's in the carnival (laughs) like and they're they're making and they're making like fifty thousand dollars like what kind of carnival is this this i mean if this is like 1834 maybe or you know but the carnival thing is like the that must be success in the eyes of the homeless guy. But he's with a wealthy scientist. Well, apparently not wealthy scientist because he's trying to make carnival money. He, 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 has, he has just enough money to pay bums and buy cats. Like, that seems <laughs> like his budget. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he takes a big He takes, like, what, 60% of it? And uh, yeah. Joey Pants gets 40. Mm-hmm. But you can only do this act like... Eight t- could you put more cat glands in there and get that's, additional? That's lives? the real question. If yeah. it, once he runs out of cat, the cat, like can, yeah, do you get refills? This is these are we need to be jotting down these specific questions. Right. How much do how much money do cardinals make? Because we could just quit our jobs, Brandon. We could join right. a card. Like, right. It'd be way easier <laughs> for what for one thing. We could I don't know. We could like swallow a chicken. Like that's probably fine. We could we could practice that. We could work. That's right. a, that's another that's another podcast. Swallow that's chickens. Cats. How much money do you make in carnivals? Can you refill your cat gland um, lives? <laughs> oh, of course. Kathleen York's character who comes in here, she's, Im- she's immediately drawn to Joe Pants. Like, this yeah. guy dies, I need to go out with him. <laughs> That's hot stuff. So, so I, I, I need to hear about her backstory. <laughs> she 
<laughs> this is her because it's all and it's all part of a ruse. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like she she turns on him and I'm like, wait, where was this? Where'd this come from? Just now? <laughs> like seven lives later? Yeah, she like stabs him and takes his money after they're together and did all this stuff. Like there's a part where she pays off a cop to keep his body there. Like and also she does the death in like the way where he comes back the quickest. Like yeah. there's points where he had, so that's the other thing too. Every right. time he dies, depending depending on the death, sometimes it takes longer for him to resuscitate. Resuscitate is a word that's used very often because that's what right. our, our, that's what Arlen keeps saying. Resuscitate. Um, but so so that so like when he gets electrocuted, it takes like like a like a day for him to like come back from that for whatever reason. Yeah, he's almost that's involved. not the time when she runs away. That yeah. That's not the time that she runs away with his money. She's just, well, I guess he has to earn a lot. She's waiting at cash to get up there. That's, there's, Wait, a certain, yeah. there's a certain, there's a, there's a water, there's a high mark there. There's a mark. She's like, when he hits that, I'm out. Yeah. It's like, it's like cash cab or deal or no deal, except for the person that dies for her on purpose. Right. It's, it's exact. Besides that part, it's exactly like those things. To a T. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Crypt Keeper and Ben Bailey put them on a show together. <laughs> Can make this work. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I he kills the scientist. Um, oh yeah, he kills the doctor because after the uh, what the the car crash, the car crash. He kills yeah. him with the car crash. And because I guess because he wasn't going to get enough money, so he, he wanted it all for himself. He takes out the he cut, all of it. steals what he has already, takes a cut, and he gets down. Um, the, if I if I had an issue with this, we don't see enough of him using the money. No, like we that, don't know. That, he's, that, he's got that's a kind of rub me the wrong way. I was like, he's got a I want a trailer. Like, even if it, yeah, he got a sweet trailer. Even if it's just him buying a bunch of booze, I wanted to see him like use some of this money. Like, it's, it's like, what are you doing with all? Like, I, I guess that you're saving and that you're going to do something eventually. But it would have been nice to see him like put on a little more air. You know, I guess that we only have 28 minutes or whatever. Right. <laughs> he's saving up. They're going to get out. Uh, like maybe they're going on a getaway when he gets to the. Well, yeah, that was the play where they're going to go. Like they're, he was even saying like some island or something they're going to mm-hmm. go to like after the after the last after one last job. Yeah, her her stabbing cost him money. Like when she that's one less show that he uh, he can do because she stabbed him, and that's kind of harsh. She should have waited. And Robert Wool, like every performance, he has a different outfit. Yeah, like what? That's crazy. Like. Robert Wool was uh, he was riding off that that Batman high. It's like, look, I've been on a mm-hmm. fancy movie set. Maybe you don't know this director's name yet, but you will. Timothy Burton. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in his movie, Blockbuster of the Year, nineteen eighty nine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have more costumes, and I'm gonna keep everyone. And now I'm <laughs> the, I'm the king of the wicker people. <laughs> but he's fun here. He yeah. like he's really big. Like, and he's I mean he's generally a pretty big performer. He's you know. He's harmless, but uh, but no, he he gets into being like this carnival man who is all about like the show and the money and everything, and he like has a big like welcome to the you know welcome to the show welcome to it all this right. He's like wearing is he wearing an earring? I think he has an earring. Yeah, he's got earring like he and he'll have different facial hairs and stuff. Yeah, he has the different facial hairs. It's definitely something I haven't like seen him play. Kind of like it's a a camp Robert Wool character. Yeah, very camp. Yeah. As opposed to just like a, you know hammy, he's like campy. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, and Ka- Kathleen York's your typical floozy type mm-hmm. person to to play with. 
For, so I guess in stereotype, we're supposed to figure she's capable of what she's doing. I just figured she was really into Joey Pants, and that would be her downfall. But Nope. She had, she had ulterior motives all along. That shocked me, because I was like, what? Oh, okay. A smarter cookie than we realized. She got out. She got the money. And uh, the the good morality play, the fun thing here is that he, as he's doing the, the, the wraparound of him being in the coffin, doing the buried alive thing, he uh, he realizes, oh, crap, one of that cat's lives was taken when I had the surgery. So I'm actually on life number nine and I'm not going to come back yeah. as he's being he, buried he alive. Died, dude. Uh, he, he, dude, he died from a case of bad math. Yes, bad math. Not forgetting the original <laughs> problem, and she's covered up. But it's a, it's I, a. I I was trying to like not be ahead of it, but I was like I'm I'm taking notes because I'm professional when I go into your podcast, right? And so I'm like writing like one, two, three, four, five. And like wait a minute, <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna. Are you sure you're doing the math right here, Joe? Like what's gonna happen? When right. You get to the end of this. I didn't figure. It. I was like, wait, he's he's not quite to not. Oh, okay. It got me. I was like, all right. I wasn't thinking about that. I didn't know the cat would die in the surgery. I just, I just figured they were sharing. I, don't I know. mean, if you were branded, if you, as we know from science, if you remove the glands that allow this beast, beast to live nine lives, right. how, how is it going to have lives? <laughs> it costs them all. Yeah, you transfer the, the live gland over to the... Yes, makes sense. Makes sense. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but yeah, it's a nice twisted twisted end like they always have and and uh yeah so it's uh like the you, you mentioned like the mad scientist aspect and that's apparently it's obviously there because it's literally a mad scientist mm-hmm. but uh like the idea of him of, of joe pants like letting himself get buried uh it's kind of it's almost like a reverse like cask of amontillado uh, yeah like, Allan Poe. like as right. far as like what it's going for even with like this framing device where you kind of think you're with him and ahead obviously you know, something's gonna happen but then you know turns out he buried himself it's like oh okay uh-huh. that's i i there's there's a, there's a little touch there i was like okay i can get it from my my poe knowledge i'm like yeah yeah that, that's cool well i like how we see him in he's cool collected the whole time yeah, telling the story exactly. and then we see him panic like the moment of realization is really great and joey pants is phenomenal as we always know mm-hmm. um so he's able to pull this off this is good pants by the way you got all the shades of pants you get desperate pants mm-hmm. you get smug pants you get uh, you know loud and angry pants like you get a lot cool of cool guy with stuff. the hat pants yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah hair pants as we hair don't pa- oh yeah one of our best character actors of all time mm-hmm. maybe he cameos in the new matrix who knows probably not that'd be but... one <laughs> that'd be nice he walks around hey <laughs> he's at the local um the local steakhouse works at uh ignorance is bliss steakhouse or yeah, yeah steak and pub place <laughs> blissful blissful <laughs> blissful steakhouse there we go what if, okay so when we're right listeners you just make sure you give you give brandon an extra itunes review on the on the show that, that's 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 right <laughs> well we're right there like, these guys were talking about tales from the crypt and called joey pants's return in the matrix it's the guy who called the paul rudd gatekeeper keymaster with carrie coon <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll end this morbid tale. Uh, Aaron, thank you for coming on, doing this. Always happy to have you on. People get to hear you. Uh, commentaries here all the time. I always suggest people listen out now with Aaron and Abe. You're our best source for what's out now and hearing reviews about it. Um, 
But uh, let people know what's up with you lately and where people can keep up with all your happenings. Your, your best source for hearing what's out now is something that we should have thought of 10 years ago when we started the podcast. That's a really good line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Abe and I are terrible at this. <laughs> what are we barking with? We started Instagram like two years ago. That's it. My, um, my, uh, my producer, Brad Shoemaker, <laughs> calls me the walking Hallmark card whenever he needs shirt ideas or slogan. Or like He's always like, give me 10 of the dumbest things you, heard you could come up with right now. And I'm like... All right, so I have shirts with my slogans I've given them for things out there. So always happy. Um, yeah, you could. Yeah, you obviously you could hear our show out and out there in a day, but it's on iTunes and everywhere you can find podcasts. Um, currently, as Brandon's probably no doubt laid out, we have these special October horror themed episodes that we've been doing all month. They're super fun. We've talked about uh, franchises this year, so we've talked about The Omen, Candyman. We did a Final Destination episode featuring the writer and creator of Final Destination, which was super awesome. Uh, Jeffrey A. Reddick, very cool guy. Uh, we just recorded a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode that's going to be coming along. That'll and, be aired uh, by now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mid I stopped editing to do this episode. That's <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> coming soon. And of course, we got a new commentary track. We're talking the Halloween 2018 film soon enough, which will be a part of this network as well. Um, and you can find all the written reviews that I put together over at Lead of Entertainment. All my writing goes there. I just put together a review for Dune, which is super great. And it'll let you go check it out because I desperately need to see how the story ends and I refuse to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I also write for Wife Still Blue. I do Blu-ray and Criterion reviews there. I occasionally have some stuff for a variety. Hopefully get some stuff soon going. A lot of big movies coming out. And um, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All right, excellent. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BrandForkyUHD. Written work at WiseOblue.com tomorrow. Danielle Sepulvarez is back to discuss Only Sin Deep. Until then, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.